Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. This morning, all of Australia and 27 other countries, I had to Google it up, everyone has taken an annual pause to recognise the most influential group on earth. Yes, mothers, you are the most influential group on earth and we honour you this morning. And I'm so glad that I get to speak uh, to you and with you because I'm learning myself. I haven't got it all together. I would be the first one to say that I have an L plate behind me learning what it means to be a mother. Amen. To sum up what a mother is, uh, there's a quote that I read by Helen Rice and it goes something like this. A mother's love is something that no one can explain. It is made up of deep devotion and of sacrifice and pain. It is endless and unselfish and enduring come what may and nothing can destroy it or take that love away. How amazing is that? The misconception of Mother's Day is that it's set aside for biological mothers. It is not true. Any woman who deeply cares for you should be honoured this way. It could be your caring aunt or your thoughtful sister or or your adoptive carer. Whoever it is, we honour you this very morning. Amen. Uh, There's Um, Abraham Lincoln said that he refused to distinguish between his biological mother and his adoptive mother. Rather, he said that I honour them both and I call them both my angel mothers. Amen. So we honour you this morning. I know Mother's Day for some of us can be incredible. And for me, it was the most amazing morning to have my family come around me, the remaining kids that are in the house, come around me and uh, wish me a happy Mother's Day and give me breakfast in bed. I still have that privilege. You know, it's amazing. But for some others, you know, maybe you're going through a loss. Maybe you don't know your biological mother. Maybe you've been wounded, but God is wanting to bring restoration this morning. I believe God is, you know, not even in the celebration, God is wanting to bring healing in our midst. Amen. So we cannot do motherhood in our own strength. We need a divine connection uh, with heaven. Amen. You are about to see a slide of our family and... um, Well, I know, I guess you guys know who our families are, kids. And uh, I have four boys and a princess. Uh, Incredibly, incredibly amazing. That's our second son who got married probably about four weeks ago. Honestly, I got married at the age of 20, had our first son at 21, and five kids later, I'm turning 47. I'm still learning what it means to be a godly mother. I don't have it together. Just the other day, Evangeline was sitting around the dinner table with uh, Josiah and Sophie, and she happened to tell Sophie all my little quirks and all my little mishaps to Sophie and Sophie was saying what your mother does that yes I still fail and I still come short I'm not a perfect mother let me tell you even though I'm speaking in front of you this morning I don't have it together I'm still on a journey of what it means to be a godly mother amen (laughs) honestly there's so much we can learn from the characteristics of a godly mother. I hope you have your 
phones, your books, your pages, your Bible, because I believe every single person here wants to learn from what it means to be a godly mother. And we can learn so much about her. She's courageous. She's selfless. She's caring, hardworking. She's dedicated. She's an entrepreneur. She's an encourager. She's a nurturer. And she's definitely a good bargain hunter. Wouldn't you agree? But for better or for worse, mothers are the architects and the makers of the next generation. That's why the goal of becoming a godly mother should be our highest pursuit and the greatest gift we can give our children. We love and we love and we love until our tanks run dry and then we give and we give and we serve till there's nothing left to do anymore. You know, the fight is real at times in our hearts, in our minds. I mean, as mothers, we get down in the trenches and we face the enemy head on because we want to keep our family God-centered. We want to keep our children God-centered rather than conforming them to their opinions of this world. Amen. Honestly, this morning, I believe God is wanting to restore things. I believe this morning, this message is not just for mothers. I believe it's for every single one of us. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I would love for you to uh, turn to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. If you don't have your Bibles, we're going to put the scriptures up. But I love scripture and we're going to do this together. And you might think, hey, Christine, isn't this a Christmas passage? But I love God's Word because you can read it at any time of the year and you can get so much out of it. Amen? Awesome. Let's read. Verse 26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestors, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has come become pregnant in her old age. I say, yay, yay. <laughs> no, we're not having any more kids. But anyway, people used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son. I think this is such a prophetic promise to people who are wanting to have kids and who aren't... Uh, who isn't able to, because you can take a hold of God's word as his promise. Um, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. The title of my message this morning is An Ordinary Woman. The ordinary woman I'm referring to is Mary. 
This ordinary woman's destiny as announced in the gospel narrative was to give birth to a son who was to usher in a spiritual kingdom. I don't know how you would get a job profile like that or who gets to carry Jesus, watch him die on the cross, um, you know, for humanity. It would be the most daunting assignment for any mother. Wouldn't you say so? I don't know how I would have handled an assignment like that. But when God set out to find a precise woman, yes, you ladies all out there. When God set out to find a precise woman, he found Mary who would give her heart totally and completely to him. Someone he could entrust his son to. She did not come from a place of influence or power. It just says that she was pure, she was simple, and she was ordinary. She's not a typical portrait of a mother of a king. How cool is that? If you're feeling ordinary this morning, let me say you are in good company because God uses the ordinary to do extraordinary things. Amen. I am just a young girl growing up in Sri Lanka. Did I know that I would come to Australia one day and marry the most handsome man on earth and give birth to five incredible children? No, I didn't know that. But God has an incredible plan for all our ordinary lives lives. Amen. Mary is the ultimate mother you and I can learn from. Wouldn't you agree? She's the ultimate mother you can learn from. You know, uh, the most extreme example of its kind. She's an embodiment of courage. If you say Mary, the mother of Jesus, she's recognized worldwide. Everyone knows about her. So why wouldn't we, you know, talk about her this morning and learn from her? Her yes to God showed her surrender to God's will. God chose her out of all the women in human history to carry Jesus. Show me a woman who would keep her focus on Jesus the way Mary did on her God, and I will show you a woman who has 2020 spiritual vision. We need to keep our focus on Him. Amen. We need to keep our focus on him. The passage we just read, the question that is rattling through my mind, I hope you realize this is going to be an interactive morning. I am such an interactive person. I love chatting. I love hugging. I love touching. I love hearing your response. You know, the thing that keeps going through my head is that, you know, what motivated Mary, you know, to do what she did? Amen. What motivated her to say yes? And how can we say yes? And here are the five things that I picked up from what we, uh, we just learned. First of all, the favor in Mary's life, that reflects clearly in the passage we read. The submission of Mary's will. The glimpse of fear in Mary's heart. And the response of Mary's spirit. The courage of Mary's faith. All all these five things are crucial elements that we can learn from Mary this morning. How amazing is that? Our mission as mothers, as fathers, as young adults, as teenagers, as children is to find a way to give birth to Jesus in our everyday. You might say, what are you talking about, Christine? Well, I'm not talking about physically giving birth to Jesus because he has been given birth. I'm talking about spiritually giving birth to Jesus, being a carrier of Jesus, representing Christ in our marriages, in our families, in our kids, in our jobs, in our workplaces. Amen. 
The story we just read in Luke chapter 1, before we go to the next slide, um, if we can hold the slide, before we go to the, uh, is that this, God sends an angel to uh, this Virgin Mary and the angel said, you are favored. And not once, but twice, it says, you have found favor. It's, cr- it's crazy. It begs the question, uh, why Mary? Why not another virgin? But I guess the father saw something in her that he didn't see in anyone else. Amen? So, I mean, when you look at the Bible, it doesn't say that, um, you know, that any kind of background other than that she was ordinary, that she was simple. Amen? He's not looking for the gifted, the capable, the most eloquent, the most talented. He's looking for ordinary people like you and I to give birth, to be carriers of Jesus. Could I implore you, could I charge you as one mother to another mother, to all the other children, because I have five kids here in the audience, could I encourage you this morning, let us be Jesus carriers this morning, amen? Let us be Jesus carriers. So, you know, I want to give you quick three points to becoming Jesus carriers. Number one, Mary's walk with God found favor. We see that in verse 28 and verse 30. As I said, the angel mentioned it twice that he she had found favor if Mary's walk found favor with God is our walk with God finding favor is our walk with God finding favor because if it isn't we need to align our life to Christ we need to align our walk to God amen awesome What does it mean to have favor? To have favor is to have found grace. Mary found favor and grace at the same time. When you look up the definition of favor, it means to gain approval, acceptance, or blessing. Mary found all three. She found approval, acceptance, and blessing. I want to say this morning that when you and I find favor, it's not for us. It's for God's glory. When favor is on our life, it's not for our own agendas, it's for his agenda. Amen? Favor, I want to say this morning, is not, uh, uh, favor is for a purpose, not for status. Favor is, is for a purpose and not for status. I have prayed so much, time and time again, for favor. You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure many of you have prayed and asked God for favor. You know, but guess what? When favor came on Mary's life, it disrupted and interrupted her life. It, 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 wasn't, it was an amazing life when she was uh, said that she was favored. Oh, Mary, you favored woman. She didn't have an amazing life. Her life got interrupted and disrupted. But we should not care if it gets interrupted and disrupted or obstacles come our way. We need to face those obstacles head on because on the other side of it lies the blessing and the inheritance of that favor. Amen. You know, number two with favor. Favor is for God's purpose and not our next opportunity. 
Sometimes we misunderstand what favor is for. We think favor is for making us famous, but it's actually for making him famous. Amen. Let us make him famous in our marriages, with our children, with our ministries. Let's make him famous. I mean, a mother takes nine months to expand, and I've done that five times over. And boy, can I tell you, I have some incredible stretch marks to prove that I've had five kids. But honestly, when God stretches us, it might feel like we're stretched and all the stretch marks are appearing, but it doesn't matter because it is for His glory. I also feel to say to you, mothers, if I could say this to you, our kids are not ours and they're certainly not our next opportunity. Our kids are not ours and they're certainly not our next opportunity. Because we raise our kids up so God can extend his purpose in and through our children. Mothers, you are the most dangerous weapon the kingdom of darkness have ever encountered. Let me tell you that. Because you are stewarding your children in the ways of God. You are molding them in the ways of God. You're not conforming to the uh, popular opinions where, uh, of this world, but rather you are stewarding them in the ways of God. And the kingdom of darkness is freaking out because you're raising up a generation that is fierce in their thinking and radical in their living. Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you? You have done a great job and continue to do a great job. It doesn't matter if you keep hitting your face on the wall and it feels like it's not going anywhere. I want you to keep pursuing and persevering in the things of God and contending for our families. Amen. Mary was about to conceive, carry, labor, and give birth to Jesus. That meant she was going to be very unpopular, very unfavored in the eyes of her community and her peers. When God asks us to do something, mothers, it's going to be very unpopular. It's, it's not going to look nice and pretty, let me tell you, but it should not affect us when God asks us to do something. But let's see how Mary handled that opposition. My point to Mary's courage in the face of fear. To be a Jesus carrier, we need to face fear head on, correct? The greatest threat to our our potential is fear. The thing that stops us from stepping out of our comfort zone is fear. Fear stops us. Um, you know, from correcting our kids. Fear stops us from praying for our loved ones. Fear stops us from serving God. Fear stops us from submitting. Fear stops us, stops us from speaking the truth in love. Fear stops us be, from being generous. The Bible is full, uh, filled with men and women who face fear at any given situation. Let me say this morning, a head full of fear has no room to dream. It suffocates faith. Let me tell you, head full of fear has no room to dream. It suffocates faith. Amen. Have you ever noticed fear likes to turn up at every transition where you are about to give birth to your baby? Boy, well, I clearly remember. You're clutching on. You're holding tight to your husband's hand and his fingers. You are Oh, you want to scream, you're holding, you're clenching, you're squeezing his fingers and you're saying things you shouldn't say. (laughs) 
Sophia likes to turn up at every transition. Have you been at a transition, a different transitional state where... I'm serious. You're saying I can't do this anymore. This is too hard. You know, I, 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 I'm so fearful. I don't know what's coming up next. Mothers, God is wanting us to release our fears to Him. He's wanting us to release our what-ifs to Him. The what if our kids go down the wrong path? What if they marry the wrong person? What if I lose my job? What if I lose my health? What if I lose uh, my finances? What if I don't have a partner into the future? God is wanting us to release our fears to Him. Amen. God has a divine assignment for each and every person. If I could look you right in the face, David, Fung, Jade, Robbie, Vess, Rach, God has a divine assignment for each and every one of us, but we cannot fulfill it with a head full of fear. Mary's divine assignment was to give birth to the saviour of the world, and she was to name him Jesus, and she was going to have to tell her fiancé. Can you imagine the fear that would have gripped her heart? Can you imagine it? It's like, can I paraphrase for a second? It's like me going to Leah two weeks before we got married and saying, hey, honey, guess what? An angel appeared in the room and said, I'm to be with child. I mean, he would say, are you kidding me? I mean, I really hope he would believe me if that really happened, but he would say, are you kidding me? I mean, but seriously, think I, I love, I love Jesus' parables. I love to get into it and meditate it and understand what they were going through. She would have been freaking out. Amen. Here is this virgin who has, who's been impregnated by the Holy Spirit and the angel is saying, don't be afraid. And she was going to have to tell her fiance. Crazy. Watch Mary's response. Here's a teenage, point three, Mary's submission and her response. He's a teenage girl who was in the process of saying yes. She doesn't say, can I have a week to think about it? She doesn't say, can I have a month to think about it? She just says yes and submits her life to God. I mean, who in the world would do that? Who in the world? The word submission these days have a bad rap. Really do. Because we don't understand the difference between secular submission and biblical submission. With your permission, I want to share with you in a nutshell what is biblical submission and what is secular submission. Secular submission is motivated by self-interest. It is filled with trying to control and manipulate people or situation. It also seeks to minimize dependence on others and maximizes own independence. It is only, it only submits when you are supervised. Let me give you an example of that. Some of you may have radar detectors in your cars, right? Where it goes, beep, you're going too fast, or beep, 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 you're going too fast. I'm not sure. There are radar detectors. So you only slow down because you've been watched. That's secular submission. But biblical submission comes from a place whether you've been watched or not. It's motivated by faith, hope, and love resulting in self-sacrifice. Biblical submission is all about depending on others and surrendering our independence. It's about giving up his or her rights and privileges for the benefit of others. If you are a disciple of Christ, we need to submit to him in order to follow his ways, regardless of whether we see our future, you know, 
mapped out or planned out or not, we need to follow. That's what biblical submission is. Amen. Look at how Mary responded. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. When we say yes to a, 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 a when we say yes to a God assignment, when we say yes to raising up kids in a godly ma- manner or having a godly marriage, let me tell you right now, you may get ostracized. You may have friends leave you. You may have people who do not want to partner with you because of the shame that is attached in being a Jesus carrier. But let's keep saying, God, I want to be a Jesus carrier because I want to be obedient to the audience of one. Amen. I don't care what they're saying out there, but I want to be obedient in love, obviously, to the audience of one. When Mary said yes, she gave us insight to her heart, her spirit, her mind, her soul, her emotions. Her yes meant that she was partnering with God to bring Jesus into this world. This morning, I want to encourage us, when, it, when God asks us to do something, and even if it seems strange and impossible, I want us to partner with God. It doesn't matter because you are going to face things. Stepping out of the boat means you're stepping out in faith to what God is calling calling you to. And you may get ostracized, but it doesn't matter. Look at how Mary's life unfolded. Mary's yes did not lead her to a joyful pregnancy filled with adoring fans or or a sweet baby shower. Her yes meant a cascade of gossip drama, and it was met with death threats. But she didn't care. She submitted to God. She called herself a slave to God, and she submitted to him, a willing slave. This morning, she, uh, we need to put our trust in him. She knew that God was worthy of her trust. Mary's response was a language of faith. Amen? Mary is a testimony to submission. When circumstances outwardly seem scary, submitting to God is the best thing possible. Don't look at submission as a bad thing. Let's submit to God. God has given each and every one of you a gift, and that is your children this morning. It could be your business. It could be your friendships. Could we steward it for his glory this morning? Let's live out our God assignment. I feel to say this morning, each and every single one of you are a God assignment, but not for you, but for the benefit of someone else. But for the benefit of someone else. You are an assignment from God. Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him, to which God has called him. That's in 1 Corinthians 7, 17. You are not your own. You are a bond servant of Christ and use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Your story may be completely different, but let's be a blessing to others. Your influence may be big or small, but let's influence others. Amen. I'm coming to a close. Maybe I can get the worship team coming up soon. Kids are a gift that we have received from God. Don't be restricted by past fears, hurts, disappointments, failures. We need to allow God to build in us a strong spirit. Amen. Mothers, we cannot allow, we cannot allow this morning to, uh, 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 
let the enemy lie to us and say that we haven't parented properly. It doesn't matter because God is a forgiving God and he helps us and he restores us. So can we partner with God to bring about a generation that radically changes the course of history? Amen. The heart of a Christian mother typifies the heart of God to his children. John 15, 13 says, No greater love exists than this, that one lays down their life for another. So let us not be weary in doing good, Galatians says, because in due season we will reap a harvest. We will reap a harvest. I want to say Mary shines as a symbol of God's desire to use the obscure, the undiscovered, the ordinary. What an encouragement she is to us. Let us use Mary's example to stand up and be bold and courageous, even in the face of people ridiculing us and saying that, what? I mean, are you serious? You know, let us be a generation that is different and be a Jesus carrier. Amen. Could we stand to our feet? Because I want to read this quote out to you by Lisa Bivier. It says, Mothers, Do I have your attention? Be a stunning representation of strength. Fiercely protect your young. Lend your voice to the silenced. Live in the light and hunting the dark. Raise up a collective roar that changes the course of history. Could I ask you mothers, would you raise up a collective roar that changes history? Amen. Could we bow our heads please? Father, from one mother to another mother, I just thank you, Lord, for what you've deposited in and through our lives, Lord God. May we celebrate Mother's Day by being sacrificial, um, sacrificially giving love to someone else that doesn't have. May we not just live for our life and our kids, but may we live for someone else too, Lord God. May we continue to fight those battles that you've called us to fight because we know that that you go before us making the crooked path straight. That we can confront absolutely anything and everything because you are our shield, you are our fortress, you are our deliverer. That you go before us and you strengthen us and you have equipped us with every given weapon under the sun. And that's the Word of God. Father, we fight with the Word of God being our sword of the Spirit. We fight this warfare and we contend for our families and our marriages and our children to keep it godly and God-centered. To change and raise up a generation that stands up for Christ. Father, I decree a blessing over us mothers this morning, Lord God. Father, I thank you for your presence, your kabod glory. Thank you for your presence right now over the families and over the children this morning, we pray. Right now, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.